prayer is at the heart of being human. We were made by God to be in this kind of communication. As United Methodists, we have five vows that we make to Christ and His church. Guess what the first one is? Prayer. We were made to pray. It's a get-to. It's not a have-to. It's what God wants to do with us. Prayer is at the very heart of the church. This model prayer that Jesus gave us, it was so widespread in the early church in those manuscripts that we have, there's at least ten different versions of the ending of this prayer. Some of you who've been to uh, our Catholic friends' worship, they end at a different place than we Protestants do. It's okay. It just shows how widespread this prayer has been used since the very beginning in the church. Prayer is at the heart of Jesus' teaching. In Matthew's Gospel, we have the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Right in the middle of chapter 6 is this model prayer that Jesus gave us. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but really it's our prayer, isn't it? It's the disciples' prayer. Thank God Jesus gave us this prayer. Our Father. I was the pastor in San Saba, Texas, about 100 miles northwest of here. I was out there for five years. Little county seat town, solo pastor. And I'll never forget that Sunday that I did the pastoral prayer, and I always end it, and you say, in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, and then everybody's supposed to join with me saying, Our Father. This time when I said, Our Father, I had a flashback to my own earthly dad. I don't know if it was Father's Day, and that was the connection. I don't know if it was the day before I had talked to my dad on the phone. But for whatever reason, when I said, Our Father, at that moment, I was instantly in the presence of my earthly dad. And I lost it. I, you know, I started saying things like, Harold uh, be thy name, and, you know, forgive us our flapjacks, and, you know, just... It, and so, you know, so this, this prayer that we, we learn from a very early age as children, one of the very first things maybe we memorize in praying... I, I lost it when we finally got to the amen after this train wreck of words out there. I looked up and all of these eyes were open, staring up at me. And, and I said, you know, I'm sorry. When I said our father, I just had this instant connection with, with my own dad. And that's all I could deal with for that moment. When Jesus says our father... He's saying, Abba, Daddy. He's saying, when you pray, it's intimate. It's a close relationship with God. That is what God intends for us to have. And you're saying, Father doesn't work for me. That's okay. There's so many right 
images, metaphors, names for God. You can read the Bible and it's just full of them. And then outside of the Bible, you can do that higher power in AA. It's okay. It does not matter because no matter what you name you have to address God will never be the fullness of God. Even if we added all of the names that we have for God, it would not capture the full mystery of God. At this time, you, how, how are you addressing God? What is the way that you're addressing God? You don't have to say it out loud, but that, that metaphor, that image that says, God, I appreciate the intimacy that you desire with me. And it's not just being intimate with God or in close relationship with God. It's close relationship with other people from the very beginning. It's our Father. All of the pronouns in this prayer, this model prayer, are plural. Instantly, we need to deal with one another and to find right relationship with one another. Our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses. We're called to that kind of intimacy with each other as well. Don't worry about the words in, in the Lord's Prayer or any prayer that you pray. It doesn't matter how many words you use or no words at all. Did, did you see what Jesus taught here? Do you think we can talk God into something if we just use more words? Or, or maybe if we use the right words, if there's some magical incantation or some formula that we could say that would manipulate God into to doing what we will. No, Jesus teaches, your Father knows what you need before you even ask. We are God's beloved children. Pray like that. Pray in that trusting relationship. Don't worry about the words. And don't worry about the style, the way that you pray. When I'm talking to people about becoming a part of this church, one of the things I talk to them is about their prayer life because that's that first vow that we make. And when I say, tell me how, when, where, what do you pray, people, they kind of clam up on me and they say, oh, I don't pray very well, I don't pray enough. And we beat up on ourselves. Give yourselves more credit. <laughs> You're praying already. You just may not be aware of it. There are so many right ways to pray. It can be being silent. It can be singing. It can be still. It can be using your whole body. It can be through art, painting. It can be painting a wall for habitat for humanity. It can be gardening. It can be reflection on Scripture. It can be focusing on an icon or a candle. It can be emptying yourself. There are many right ways to pray as there are of you people in the world today. How about you? What are some of the ways, some of the styles that you pray today? What I try to teach is this, pray as you can, not as you can't. And when you don't have the prayer, there's a prayer waiting for you. That's why Jesus gave us this model prayer, and it has been used so often. Every other Monday, I get together with three other pastors in an accountability group, 
And we ask about our souls. We ask what's going on in our lives. And we pray for one another. We hold hands around that table at Kirby Lane Cafe over here. And I'll pray for you. And this one prays. And it comes back around to me. And so many times, at the end of that, whoever's last will say, and as Jesus taught us to pray, we say, our Father, and we'll start into those familiar words again in that setting. It was a, a couple of years ago on that Monday after we had learned that a person that we knew as Bishop Dorf in the United Methodist Church had revealed that he had acted out inappropriately with another woman, a person not his wife. Follow me here. A bishop in the United Methodist Church broke our trust. We knew him. We had served on committees with him. We had a, a personal relationship with him. And he had hurt us and crushed us. We were now to call him Mr. Dorf, not Bishop Dorf. He resigned. He turned in his credentials as a bishop and as a United Methodist pastor. That Monday, we talked about that. We prayed for one another. And then whoever was last started to say, in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, our Father. And we said those familiar words one more time. When I looked up, we all looked at each other's eyes, and I said, what was it for you? What was the line that got you? And one after another, we started to say things like, thy will be done. I know for me, it was forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Yes, Bishop Dorf messed up, but we all do. We're all broken. We're all needy when we come to this prayer. We're all petitioning before God and saying, help me, heal me, forgive me. You today, what line, what phrase, what word is, is sticking in your cross, is playing in your soul the, the word that you need to hear from this model prayer? In this season of Lent, Pastor Lisa and I are addressing the big questions, questions that you have submitted about the Christian faith. The question I got this week was, how about unanswered prayer? You know, how we petition God and then we don't get the answer that we were expecting. So, of course, I went to Garth Brooks. <laughs> Thank you. Gave a free concert, I think, for Austin people. But he had a song by that name, Thank God for Unanswered Prayer. I'd never really listened to the song before, and I won't sing it for you or play it, but the gist of the song is this. Uh, he and his wife go to a Friday night football game in their little town, and there he meets the woman that he thought was the one the one that he had prayed fervently over and over to God, make her love me and let us be husband and wife together, and it didn't happen. And at that football game, he looks at this woman that he thought was going to be his wife, and he knew her story, and then he knew his story with 
this wife of his and his children, and he said, thank God for unanswered prayer. Here's the thing. God wants better for us than you want for yourselves. God answers our prayers better than we praise him. That's what this model prayer is about. There's a guide to prayer that I've been using again. I've used it for decades. It's called A Guide to Prayer for Ministers and Other Servants. It has daily readings and scripture and and readings from great uh, persons of faith over the years. And there was one quote that just really got me as I was preparing for this worship service several weeks ago. And it was this. Prayer is not my calling in an attempt to get God's attention, but my finally listening to the call of God. Prayer is God who is reaching out to me. Prayer is mostly listening, (laughs) not telling God what to do for us but to put ourselves into that flow of the God who already loves us, our Father, (laughs) our Father. What are you listening to God praying for you today? The good news I have to share with you is this, that God is still speaking to us in prayer. Amen.